and learn more about God's amazing grace. Uh, if you can turn with me in Jonah, I'm just going to highlight a few verses here from this text uh, for our reading purposes, but going to look at this first chapter uh, dealing with Jonah. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Those who have the Bible app, you can find our live event and have our sermon notes right there in the U Bible version app. You can tweet that, share that, post that as well. All right there. Jonah, uh, first chapter, just want to lift up in our hearing a few verses from this first chapter, reading from chapter 1, one first verse to verse 3. The word of God reads, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittah. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarsus. He brought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarsus. Uh, praise God for his word. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. You take your seat. Tell him, you can't run from God. And then tell him, too, unnecessary storms. Tell your other neighbor, look at him and smile and you tell him, you can't run from God. Unnecessary storms. I want to talk about how in our lives that we have troubles in our lives that we normally don't have to have. Uh, but because of disobedience, we have troubles in our lives. Uh, we hear the saying how you make a mountain out of a molehill. Meaning that you took something small and made it big than what it really is. In other words, that you took something that should not be a problem and you made it a problem. Now you got a problem. We have times in our lives that we've made up our minds that no matter what the right decision is, we chose to do the wrong. And then when things fall apart, we want to blame everybody but ourselves. Here we find God coming to Jonah. Jonah says, no. God calls Jonah for a specific purpose, but Jonah says, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and you can't make me, so I'm going to go as far as I can to make sure I'm nowhere near where you want me to be. But if you look closely at the text, it says that God hurled, God sent a storm on the seas. And it's funny to me how he sent the storm on the seas onto the boat all because Jonah was going in that direction. Oh, I wish I had a witness here that can understand that when you decide, when you want to disobey God, that you find out that you're going to put other people in trouble. Sometimes we get caught up thinking only about ourselves, not realizing that there's some collateral damage. And when you want to make it about you, you hurting people around you. But the problem that you're so much in deep in sin and pain and hurt, you don't see the other people hurting around you. 
here it is, Jonah's trying to run. And, and, and some translation says that you try to run from God's presence. Uh, he, it, God calls Jonah for a specific message. And, and, and look closely here. It, God tells Jonah that I, I need you to go to, to Nineveh because the wickedness of this city has come before me. Uh, he, he's letting him know that, that basically, you know, they, they, you know, in other words, you know, when something stinks, you, you try to cut it off. You, you close doors. <laughs> you turn on fans. You burn candles. You spray the spray. You do whatever you can when something doesn't smell right. And, and once you've done all that right, they still don't get rid of the old. Now you start searching. You're like, where is this odor coming from? God is letting Jonah know that there's a stench coming from way over here. And I need you to go there and tell them what I'm smelling. Now, here it is that God gives a message to Jonah, go tell his people. But Jonah does not want to go tell these people. He is a nationalist, if you will. He wants God's people to get all of the blessings, all of the grace, all of the mercy. He says, I'm not going there. Let me go not, let me not go east, but let me go as far west as I can. Now, Nineveh, this says roughly about maybe a, a month's journey to get there. About 500 miles, if you know, and so roughly 20 days and 20 miles and a day walk, he might make it there. But yet he wants to go to Tarsus. And in the, the real location of Tarsus, hard to know. Some say it might be Carthage there in Africa, but some suggest that it's a part of southern Spain. Some suggest it might be some islands in between Italy and Spain. But what I want you to highlight that it is west, some 2,000 miles away. He was willing to go as far away from God's land, from God's promises, people, to get as far away as possible than do what God called him to do. Now, some of us are looking at it and saying, man, Jonah got some issues. He got some issues. Let me help you out. You got some issues, too. You have what God's responsibility is right here in front of you, but you are running as far away from the responsibility that God has given you because you rather do what you want to do, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it. Is this microphone on? Because if we are real with ourselves, we're going to find out that just like Jonah, we didn't have to go far. All we do is look around for any excuse. Not to do what God has called us to do. I, I want you to understand that God has placed a call on your life. And, and, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah the same way, to preach repentance to the Gentiles. I say to the Gentile because the, the city of Nineveh, they weren't children of Israel. They were other nations. They were heathens. They didn't know God as he knows God. But yet our same God was looking and sold them his amazing grace. Just real quick, a note for us to understand that our God does not withhold his grace because of people's color of their skin. God does not withhold his grace because your economic status. God does not withhold grace because of what neighborhoods you live in. God's amazing grace is coming fully through his Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all who can accept it. And God is willing freely to give it. And I'm so glad today that his amazing grace is still coming forward. Joan understood that he did not want to see God's grace on them. He said, no, no, not them folks. <laughs> no, 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 no. And so look at the story here. Do you, you familiar, are you familiar with the story? He's running from God's presence. And he said he paid the price to get on the boat. 
to go to Tarsus. Now, another thing about this place, Tarsus, it says that maybe these, there, it was a refinery boat. Maybe they dealt with good metals and precious metals and having good cargo to take back to this place. So it might have been known for that reason as well. And, and so he, go, he leaves where he's possibly from Samaria, goes down to Joppa, the port, so that he can leave and go further west into the Mediterranean Sea. And it says that once he got on the boat, once they got on the sea, God hurled <laughs> a storm. Now, we find out that Jonah did not stay on the deck to talk to everybody, let him know, say, hey, I'm trying to free the presence of God. Can I get on the boat? Thank you very much. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm just going to go to sleep and try to sleep my troubles away. Has anybody done that before? That you had troubles in your life. You try to sleep your troubles away. And, and, and basically, when you try to sleep your troubles away, you're basically going through some depression. You're going through some sadness. You're going through some dark times. And you wish that if I can just hide under the sheets, maybe my troubles <laughs> might not be there when I wake up. But the problem is that when you wake up, the problems are still there. So what you do, you go on back to sleep. <laughs> you just stay there. You become apathetic. You become lethargic. You start moving slow because you don't want to deal with the trouble that's around you. So you just go ahead and go to sleep. And probably that's why Jonah was like that way when the storm came, he realized, well, my troubles are still here. I might as well sleep because the storm not going to change. My life's not going to change. I'm going to stay here and sleep in the bowels of the boat. But the sailors realized that, hold up, this storm came all of a, all of a sudden. I want to help people out that, that uh, these are, 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 are skilled sailors. They, they are familiar with the sea, so they know how to look into the sky and see when a storm is coming. And, and they understood that if a storm just came, they, 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 they thought enough that God must have been amongst this. <laughs> and, and it says that when the storm came, they all prayed to his God. They said, his God, look closely at that lowercase g. <laughs> they all prayed to his God. So they all looked up and said, Sir, something's happening. Something supernatural has come upon us because uh, what's going on? So they prayed, nothing happened. And then they started taking account and making sure everybody was praying and realized that there's one cat <laughs> that's on this boat, but he's not with us. The captain said, let me go see about this. Uh, 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 why are you not praying? And then, and then Jonah's like, uh, well, you know, uh, I'm running from God. Well, I'm not praying because I don't want to do what he wants me to do. So I'm going to talk to him about it. That's my commentary. And so he, he started looking at him and said, all right, all right, all right. The storm's not ceasing. You're running from God and you're not praying to him. All right. We, we got to settle. Let's cast some lots. So they cast the lots. Lots now fall on Jonah. Said, okay, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> this, is what, this is my interpretation. Say, what your name is, who you be with. <laughs> and he started, he started coming to Jonah, asking him all these questions, like, who are you? Where you from? Who your people? Who you claim? What set you claiming? You know, he's trying to find all this information out because the lot fell on him. They're about to throw him over the boat, but they want to make sure who they're throwing over. They're like, like, like we, we, all right, hold on. You are on our boat. You're not amongst us. The storm is amongst us. There must be something special about you. And so when Jonah tells him, I serve the God, the creators of the heavens and the earth, Cassius, Cassius, they, they realize that this is no regional God. Let me help some of you out. Many of the people in the times of the Bible, in the near ancient east, they believe in a regional God, a God of their region. It means that God was controlling over that region. So if you leave that region, you leave from the presence and the authority and the power of that God. But when Jonah says that my God is not the God of Israel, but he is a God of the heavens and the earth that arrested them. So when the lot fell on Jonah, they said, wait a minute, this is the God that you serve, and this is the reason why we got the storm. We can't just throw you over a boat without finding out who you are. 
Now, here's a New Testament note for you. These people who are not children of Israel have more respect for a prophet of God than the people of Israel did in Jesus' time. <laughs> they already stoned the Son of God. Didn't even ask who you are, what you've been with, where your people at. They say, we don't like you. We're going to get rid of you. But they asked Jonah, say, who are you? <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> mm. I thought this, this one's for free. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how people that know you less treat you better. Than people that know you best. And that's some. How strangers got more respect for you <laughs> than your household does. <laughs> how 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 your co-workers who don't know you as well seem very highly than your than your friends do. It's amazing, right? Like you go around people, they start complimenting you like, yo, you do this, you do that. They be like, that's news to me. <laughs> Here it is that these strangers are fearing Jonah's God, realizing that this is something great. So they say this, they say this, God, uh, don't hold this accountable <laughs> for throwing this man or this, let, don't let this blood, we're only doing what you, as you, as you, because they felt the lot was divine by God. But here closely, follow Jonah. Jonah is sleeping in the middle of the storm. The storm is, is hurting the boat so much, catch this, the sailors are throwing off their cargo to save their lives. You understand? They're throwing off their livelihood. Uh, I, 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 I think about uh, uh, the pirates and, and how when pirates have cargo, they don't want to get rid of the cargo. Because that's their livelihood. Like, they're not going to make without the cargo. So, you know, when pirates get their booty, they're like, we're going to hold on to this. We throw some people overboard. We throw food overboard. But we're not going to throw this loot overboard. No, 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 no. We'll run the ship on the ground so we can find the ship and get the loot back. That's what they know. They think anything they can save the cargo. But these men were trying to save their lives. Were throwing the things that were most precious on the boat in the eyes of their livelihood. Throwing it overboard to preserve their lives. While Jonah, catch this, he tells them, throw me overboard. He says, I don't care about my life. When we're running from God, it shows that we have no regard for our lives. Mm. Here's a sobering moment to think about, about people, you know, who are hurting themselves. Think about how little they think of God. There's times in our lives that when we allow our issues to, to become basically an eclipse that blocks us from God, and we see nothing but our darkness, we stop caring about our lives, that we don't care what happens to us. We turn over to all kind of bad habits. We'll start drinking more. We'll be more promiscuous. We'll start smoking more. We'll start gambling more. We do all these things that are hurting us because we think that our life has little worth only because we're not doing what God has called us to do. If you're doing the purpose he's called you to, it's amazing how he'll give you joy when you're doing the things you love. Has anybody had that moment that you started doing something and all of a sudden you got goosebumps? All of a sudden your hair started sticking up? All of a sudden you just put a smile on your face and people are wondering why you're happy and you just got some joy just somewhere down on the inside that makes you feel good doing some things? Here's, here's a little example I'd just like to give you how I found some joy. Here's how I found some joy. I, I found some joy one time outside in my front yard cutting the grass. Now, for many of you, you probably like, well, you know, how, why is this a big story? It's a big story is that, one, I'm allergic to grass. 
Two, I hate cutting the grass. Three, I hate being outside. Because <laughs> I'm allergic to pollen and stuff outside. But one time I was out there cutting the grass and I had some joy. And the reason why I had some joy because I wasn't cutting the grass for me. I was cutting the grass for my baby so she would have a clean yard when she came home. And I started feeling good, like, yeah, <laughs> it's going to look good when she come home today. She's going to feel happy. The joy came when I was just doing what God called me to do, to be a husband to my wife and take care of her and provide for her. I got joy by just doing my purpose. Mm. Sometimes we look for joy because we want to be in the spotlight. We want to pass on the back. My, my baby, I don't know what day it might have been. I, you know, she might have came on not even notice. But I still had joy. You see what I'm saying? It, it, I didn't do it for her to say, good job, baby. I did it because I love her. When we do things just because we love the Lord, it's amazing. You may not get a pat on your back. Somebody may not notice. But God, he keeps good record. Jonah's understanding that, oh, God is full of grace. God is full of mercy. The people understand that God is under control. He knows what's going on. We cannot just throw him over for being disobedient of God. We got to make sure it's according to God's will. So we're doing, we're going to throw him over and cast us. Why are they throwing him over? They're praying the same way. Lord, <laughs> Lord, let it not be on us. We're only doing what you ask. And they throw him overboard and and, and, and side note, you see how it says that God preserved him by having a large fish swallow him. But here I want us to grab this. These, these teaching lessons, these teaching moments. How you cannot run from his presence and you're dealing with unnecessary storms. So you see here in the text, uh, Jonah's trying to run from God. Trying to run from his presence. Psalms 139 Verse 7, I have that in our bulletin as a devotion to meditate on it. That So where can we go from the presence of his God? If I go to the top, he's there. If I go to the grave, he's there. And there's nowhere we can hide. To him, to him, light in darkness is like light unto him because he is light. So we cannot hide from it. Jonah's trying to hide from God, but you can't hide from God. And by Jonah trying to hide from God, he brought trouble unto other people who were unaware of his issues. I want you to understand that when you try to run from God, you're hurting people around you. When you're not obeying the will of God, you're hurting people around you. You can see that within the Bible. When the children of Israel were told to go into the promised land, Moses sent out spies. One from each tribe to go look. The spies came up. Uh, Three had good report. Now I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we like grass, grasshoppers in the eyes. Joshua, Caleb say, hold up, people. <laughs> Wait a minute. The same God that brought us out can deliver us from these people. But yet they said no. So therefore, their disobedience to the will of God caused them to spend 40 years walking in circles when they could have been there in a few days. I want to help somebody out today. That we may be walking in circles in our lives just because of our disobedience instead of being where God wanted us to be in the first place. So not only does my disobedience cause collateral damage, it, it, it impedes me from being where God wants me to be, and it brings what? Storms in my life. The storm came because Jonah was on that boat. Because as soon as Jonah hit the water, the storm stopped. 
So let's, 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 let's work it out. Jonah on the boat, there's a storm. Jonah off the boat, no storm. Y'all catch that, right? Jonah on the boat, storm. Jonah off the boat, no. Yeah, help me out, help me out now. Jonah on the boat, Jonah off the boat, no. So here it is. If you want to be in his will, no storm. Out of his will, storm. And cast this, cast this. Even in the midst of the storm, God was still there. He was preserving Jonah even in the midst of the storm. Here's this, another principle to add on to this about understanding his grace, about God's providence. God's will was for Nineveh to be preached to, and God chose Jonah. Jonah says, no, I'm not going to be used. I'm going to go as far as west as I can. God says, well, let me give you some reminder. Here comes a storm. The storm came. Jonah still was not listening. God said, all right, let me have the life fall on you. Now you got to go overboard. And he goes overboard. The storm stops. He gets swallowed by a fish. And the people on the boat got exposed to God and started worshiping him. Even in the midst of the storm, God was able to give glory that those who were far from him came to know him. Showing us that his mercy is everlasting. Showing, Jonah, you cannot run from the presence of God. I want to encourage you, don't, don't get to the point as Jonah was that you didn't care whether you lived or died because you just didn't want to do the will of God. There's some people out there that, that they, they, they don't believe that there's a hell. They may believe that there's a heaven, but they're not sure where they're going to go. And they know what it means to go to heaven, but they don't want to do that because they'd rather live how they're living. So basically they say, I'd rather die and go to hell and then find out that there's a heaven of peace and prosperity. And so the challenge is for us. It's to live a life worthy enough that they understand what it means to surrender unto God. Jonah was not living a life fully surrendered unto God. He was in full out rebellion and disobedience. But yet God's grace was still reaching out to him to show him favor in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the issue. Even so that he was able to show Jonah, look here, that these people that are far from me, I can reach them. Because this was a mini message unto Jonah of what God was going to do into Nineveh. But Jonah's heart was still hardened that he was not listening. So God had to give him an example that even when you disobey me, you should have drowned in the water. But I sent a fish. To preserve you. Mm. Let me help you out. There's some times in your life that have you ever been overwhelmed? You've been drowning. You feel like you just couldn't make it, but God sent something to preserve you, <laughs> to sustain you in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your mess, that God is able to step right in. He's a present help in the time of trouble. So you cannot run from his presence. You cannot hide from God because God knows your purpose. Look in Psalms 139 some more. It says, in my mother's womb, you knit me, you, you formed me, and according to your prayer, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to understand that in times of confusion, in times of darkness, in times of storms, when you don't know what to do, there still is a God that knows what you were made for and called to do. And so if there's some storms in your life and you want to know where they're coming from well take some time out and turn to God 
said, Lord, I got some storms in my life, and I, I don't know why they're here. And, and I, I understand that I have not been perfect. I, I've not been obedient as much as I should have. I've, I've been cursing a little bit more than I, than I should have been blessed. And I, I've been drinking a little bit more than I should be drinking. I've been doing some things I should not have done more than I should have. But, Lord, I surrender to you right now, and I bless your holy name and say, Lord, show me thy way, Lord. Show me that way. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and shape me. Have thine own way. We just need to surrender. Say, Lord, here I am. Take me as I am. Lord, I realize my voice belongs to you. My hands belong to you. My feet belong to you. I try to throw my life away, but you try to preserve my life. Lord, who am I? That you want to preserve. I'm talking to somebody here on this morning. Who am I that you want to preserve me? You want to take care of me? That even when I want to throw my life away, you sent your son down to save me. Preach, Duran. I'm, I'm trying. I, we need to go out and tell somebody. I don't care how dark it is, how messed up it is. If God can make a big fish to swallow Jonah as he's running away, he sure enough can make a way for you. So these lessons I want you to grab. God has a perfect will for you. It shall be done. God knows his purpose and why he made you. And God does provide. Right there, the last text, it says, verse 17 says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days. And three nights. I want to close this last moment point to point out that in the midst of his trouble, in the midst of his rebellion, God provided a way out. God provided a way out. Jonah wanted to die. The Lord saved his life. Jonah gave up hope. God gave him hope. I want to encourage you to understand that he is alive. He is a living God. And he cares about you so much. No matter how you want to throw your life away, he can catch you. And he can preserve you. And the time he has you, that's the time he's going to be working on you to help you. And so, surrender to him right now. So, Lord, I don't want unnecessary storms in my lives. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I want to do your will. I want to be your servant. I will serve you at all times. I will bless your name at all times. I will truly, truly surrender unto your will. Let us pray, Almighty God, we thank you that you are God all by yourself. And Lord, forgive us for our rebelliousness, for our disobedience, for us trying to run away from your presence. We thank you, God, that we can never run away from you. We thank you we can outrun your love. We cannot outrun your grace. We cannot outrun your mercy. We thank you, Lord, how your love is so wide and so deep we can't escape it. And it overwhelms us. It surrounds us. 
And so, Father, we surrender right now to your will. Father, reveal to us, Lord, those issues in our hearts that we need to surrender, Lord, unto you so that we can run and not grow weary. You can walk and we can not faint. For our hope, Lord, is in you.